Well, hey, good morning, Harvest. So excited to be with you today, opening God's Word. My name is Jeff Thompson. I get the privilege of serving on our pastoral staff and get the privilege today of opening God's Word. It's so great to be with all of you. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to my dad who's watching online. And for every one of you, whether you're watching online or here in the room at Rolling Meadows or at one of our campuses, we're so glad that you're here. And what's really important is that you have a copy of God's Word, because I have nothing to say today except for God's message to us. So get a hold of that as we celebrate Father's Day and look at this incredible message of equipping and these gifts that are given to us for our growth. You know, my dad has modeled so much to me over my life. A selfless love for others, an incredible generosity to people, a commitment to do what's right before the Lord no matter what, and a love for golf. <laughs> and my dad and I have spent a lot of time playing golf together, and you know, one of the best days in golf for my dad was the day he had trained me, taught me how to play golf, cut off clubs for me when I was really little, but one of the best days was the day that I could beat him at golf. It's a good day for me too, but it was a great day for him because he had spent time investing in me and then to see that work pay off and to see somebody reaching a full potential, it's just a game of golf. But it's a model for us, and no matter what your relationship is with your father, you no doubt have had somebody in your life who's poured into you and who's rejoiced greatly at your success. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a close friend or a sibling or a coach or a teacher, and they find their greatest fulfillment in seeing you reach your potential. And that, brothers and sisters, is a gift from the Lord to us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your incredible gift of salvation that's found in Jesus Christ alone. We're grateful for this opportunity to gather and to look into your word that you've given us your perfect word. And we're grateful for the gifts that you have given us in ourselves, in one another, and with people all around us who help us to grow. So be with us today as we look into your word. Holy Spirit, would you move in and around each of these rows in this room and at each of our campuses and each living room where people are watching online. God, would your spirit be moving? Call us to greater obedience, to greater followership of Jesus so that we could be built up and you could be glorified in a greater way, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're obviously continuing our series in Ephesians, so get a hold of your Bible. Turn over to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We're looking at a somewhat familiar passage today and praying that the Lord would instruct us from it. And as we looked at last week, we looked about uh, at the way that Paul is instructing us about gifts that are given to each one of us to build up the body. And this week, the gifts that Paul is talking about, the gifts aren't characteristics or specific things about us or ways that we grow. The, the gifts are people, people that are given to the body of believers so that we all grow up in love 
and build up the body together. We see gifted people for a growing congregation. So let's read together Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You see, God gives gifts to accomplish his goal in our lives as we grow together. But first, let's see the gifts. These gifts, these equippers for ministry. Paul begins our passage with this simple word, and. He's implying that in addition to all this, these gifts that have been given to you and to me, that he's also given people for the building up of his congregation. These gifts here are people given to the church. And he goes through a list. So we're going to walk through those really briefly because we want to examine what are these gifts that are actually given for the building of the body. First, he lists apostles. Apostles were those who spoke with great authority in doctrine and in practice both because of their close connection with Jesus, because of their direct revelation from Jesus himself. We see in Scripture a few things that are um, characteristics of apostles. First of all, they had to be with Jesus from his baptism to his resurrection. Acts 1, 21 and 22, uh, they saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. Acts 1 and 1 Corinthians 15, 8. And then they were recipients of direct revelation from Jesus himself. Paul experienced that in Acts 9. And because of all this, I personally believe that apostles were foundational to the church and that there are no longer apostles here today. None of us received direct revelation in the way that these apostles did at the time. We're also seeing here these prophets. These prophets had uh, capacity to receive and then to speak truth that was given to them by direct revelation from God. This word here for prophets is the same word that's used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament for the prophets that we see. So when you think of Elijah and Elijah and, and all of these prophets that we have through the Old Testament, this, this is the same giftedness. The same, this is what God said to his people. It was a high bar back then, because if you got it wrong, you were to be killed, because you were a false prophet then. It's a very high bar to be a 
prophet and to call yourself a prophet of the Lord. This, again, I believe is foundational to our faith, foundational to the church, because the book of Hebrews begins and tells us that long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to us, spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. That's the direct revelation that we have. Revelation 22:18 also tells us that prophetic revelation has ceased. And so again, I believe that this giftedness no longer exists today, but it is foundational for our faith. And while I believe that there's no longer apostles or prophets, we do have God's authoritative, direct word to us today, right in your hands. That's what this is. This is God speaking to you and to me and to his people. And this is needed for our life. So if you are looking for a direct feed word from the Lord, you have it in your hands. So don't ever claim God is silent in my life when your Bible sits closed on your desk. Don't ever say, God, I wish you would speak to me. Open his word. He's speaking today to you. This is the word to us. This is the word for our church and for his people to help us to follow the Lord. We have everything we need for life and for godliness. This is his revelation to us. And these roles were foundational to the church. They were needed. But Paul goes on with a list of many others who are today at work and God is using. Next he says evangelists. These are those who were specifically gifted by the Lord to share the gospel and then to train others to do so as well. We might think of this as a missionary, somebody who goes out and shares the good news of Jesus and then trains others to do so as well. Now we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to be put to work for that. You are a missionary. You are an ambassador for Christ if you have turned from your sins and trusted Jesus Christ by faith. The reason that you're at that workplace is to be an evangelist for Jesus Christ. The reason you live in that condo building is to be an evangelist for Jesus Christ. The reason you're on that cul-de-sac or a part of that health club or at that place, all of it, is because you're called to do the work of an evangelist. Because people there need a savior. And you're there to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to him. And, but this specifically is the gift of evangelism, this evangelists who are given. Last week, Dr. Rydelnik uh, talked about Billy Graham. And I think about Greg Laurie as somebody like that too. I remember we were doing an evangelistic crusade with Greg Laurie. I was standing at the front and, you know, he presented the gospel. It was very clear, but I'm, I've heard the gospel preached a lot of times. And I'm shame on me for this, but I felt like, eh. I mean, yeah, it was great, you know? It was just, it was clear, it was simple, but I wouldn't call it all that compelling, honestly. And I turned around, and hundreds of people were coming forward to receive Jesus Christ. Because it's a work of the Spirit. It's a gift at work. It's not by human wisdom that it works. Greg Laurie was one who 
has done that. And many people are gifted like this. Pastor Mike Ruggio on our staff, I believe, is gifted as an evangelist. He loves sharing his faith with people. And many people who he shares the gospel with come to faith in Jesus Christ. And he loves to be able to train other people to help them share their faith and do the work of an evangelist. That's what this is talking about here. Evangelists that are given for the equipping of the saints. And then he says, shepherds, these are pastors, overseers. These are those who are, to, who are called to serve as example to the flock, who are called to care for people in the church, who lead them to health in Jesus Christ, who oversee spiritual growth, are there in moments of crisis, and are there to lead and stir up to greater obedience in Jesus Christ. And then we have, lastly, teachers. These are those with the desire and the ability to study God's word and then to instruct others, not just in a way that, that grows knowledge, but in a way that leads to positive change in following Jesus Christ. We often think of the, the pulpit of a church, and while that's in view, that's only a piece of it. There's many places in our church and in churches around the world where this these teachers uh, play a part to stir up people to grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. It's not about the knowledge that we have. It's about movement in following Jesus Christ. It's not smarter people. It's better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what teachers are going after. Now, this list isn't a full one of every role that exists in the church. You'll notice deacons aren't in this, those who would serve behind the scenes to build up the body. But Paul's point in all of this is that gifted people are given to the church for the equipping. He says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to provide tools, to provide direction and coaching and opportunities to serve the Lord in ministry. Christ gave these gifted leaders to equip Christians so that Christians, all Christians, would then do the work of the ministry so that the entire church would be built up. What Paul is telling us here is that every believer is a minister. Just because I'm a pastor, that doesn't make me a minister. It makes me a minister because I'm a Christian, and you're a minister too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere and somebody says, well, pastor, you're the minister. You should, you should pray for the, uh, the meal today because you're, you're a professional. And it's fine. I don't mind praying for the meal. But all of us are professionals. All of us are ministers. But here what we see, these roles are gifted leaders who help us to do the ministry. It's not that these are the professionals and the rest of us just sit back and passively receive. Paul's point here is that these servant leaders help prepare each believer to actively serve in ways that God has already gifted them, in the positions that God has called them to and placed them in, and God uses each of these Christians, each of these uh, people, these gifted people, to help stir us up. They're like a coach. And a coach doesn't think for a moment that it's all about them. The coach's job is to maximize the performance of each player so that the team wins. 
And the coach doesn't sit there and think that it's all about them. The coach thinks about, it's about the team. And it's about each member on the team. That's what these people are doing. They're the coaches. They're equipping their team to win. Now, can I, can I attempt to get practical that might be a little uncomfortable? I'm going to anyway because I have a microphone right now. Um, okay, just give me a little bit of grace in, in what I'm about to say because I was asked to preach this weekend and I was asked to preach this passage and I'm just trying to be faithful to this text and to help all of us as we follow the Lord. Now, I hope that you believe that you're being equipped by the people in your life that are placed here, by pastors, by evangelists, by teachers. I, I really hope that you're being equipped. And, and so we pray a lot about that. But, but if not, here's a few things to think about. Now, it could be that we, pastors, teachers, evangelists, that, that we're not doing a good enough job equipping. And believe me, we feel it every week. Man, I've just, I've failed there. I could do a little better there. I could, I could grow here more. I could equip people better. I could do more to help the believers here in this church and around the world serve Jesus Christ. And we are constantly evaluating ourselves. How can we care better? How can we serve better? Our campus pastors meet every Tuesday afternoon for a meeting. Pray for us on Tuesday afternoons. But we meet, and one of the things we do every single week is we just have this little portion of our meeting that's what's happening at my campus. And we spend time together talking about what God is doing at each of our campuses. And I'm just telling you, it's a super encouraging time to hear some of the ways that the Lord is at work across the campuses of our church. We're so encouraged by that. But one of the things that's really helpful to each one of us too is we're able to evaluate how are these things going? Man, we did this event and it was terrible. No one came to it and it just, I really need help with that. And we're able to stir each other up. And uh, man, it, I can't tell you how many times it's like, that is a great idea, things that John Bell, that you guys did in Aurora. We would love to do that at the cathedral, to put that into practice and to try to equip our people in better ways. We're always trying to do that. Please give us a little bit of grace for that. Each one of your pastors has lots of people around us that are giving us feedback on how did that go, and we are always trying to do a better job of caring for you and equipping you. And please know that we fail at times, but we're working at it, and we're trying our best to serve you and to care for you. But maybe it's not with your pastors. Maybe it's not with the evangelists, with the teachers. Maybe you aren't receiving the equipping. Maybe the equipping is there and all of the pieces are there, the coaching is there, and, and maybe you aren't stepping into that. Maybe you're still sitting on the sideline instead of getting into the game. Maybe you haven't yet stepped into an opportunity to serve the Lord. Maybe you haven't yet recognized where the Lord has gifted you and called you and placed you somewhere inside the church or outside the walls of the church. So first, show up. Step in to that place of service because we are all ministers. We are all called to serve the body of believers and those who are outside the walls of our church. 
We're all called to be ministers, so step into that. And then listen to your coach. They're trying the best that they can. And every one of these people have given their lives because they love the Lord, because they love people, and they find great joy in seeing people equipped and sent out and moving in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. I mean, it is an incredible blessing to get a front row seat in seeing God use so many of you to accomplish his ministry, again, inside our church and outside our church, to stand and to hear the testimonies of people in the baptism tank who've turned from death to life, who God has redeemed, to sit in a counseling meeting and hear the story of bondage broken, of marriages redeemed, to hear stories. I just heard yesterday of more people at Camp Harvest who turned from their sins and trusted Jesus Christ by, by faith for the very first time. It is a blessing to get to see all of those. And we want to do these things with continual joy. We want to partner together in these things. But some of you just need to step into it. Some of you need to put a jersey on and step into the game. Step into the equipping because it's a gift that's given to us from the Lord. And that gift leads us to the goal, the goal of maturity in Christ. The goal of each of these gifts that are given to the church is the building up of the body so that all of us move towards maturity in Jesus Christ. If you're using your giftedness, if you're being equipped and maximized as you're intended to be, then you will be moving forward in maturity. Kids who are healthy can't help but move at least towards physical maturity. And maybe you have a, a chart like this, a growth chart in your house. It's maybe inside a closet or something where you write on the wall of different ways that kids are growing up and, and little Johnny's this high when he was six and, and you watch him continue to grow. And I think these are important because it's important for us to keep track of some of the mile markers along the highway of their growth. Some of these things, those ways that kids are growing. Now, I, if there's any like new dads out there, here's a couple like unwritten dad rules that I think are super helpful to keep track of some of these mile markers. Did you know that if a child hands you a pretend phone, it's usually a Lego or a shoe or something like that, a pretend phone, it is required that you answer that phone and pretend it's the most important call you've ever taken. Oh my goodness, you don't say. Well, she's right here. I will give her to you right now, Mr. President. It's required. It, did you know that if there's play food made in a pretend kitchen, that you are required by law to pretend that that is the greatest meal that you have ever eaten. Oh my goodness, Michelin star, right? Oh, wow, I'm so full. Did you know that if a child gives you a high five, it's required that you think of them as having super strength and immediately, oh, my hand will never recover. And then dads, did you know 
that if you are driving somewhere and there's traffic another direction, it's, it's required by Illinois state law that you say something along the lines of, I'm glad we're not going that way. <laughs> you, you have to say it. It's required. Because along the highway, along the, the way of seeing maturity, it's really helpful for us to get these mile markers of our maturity in Jesus Christ. The direction that we're going. Paul lists a few mile markers here. He says the unity of the faith, this salvation, our saving faith that's uniting each one of us believers, no matter what church you're a part of, no matter what nation you're a part of, no matter what language you speak or where you're from, all of us are united by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we were dead in our trespasses and sins and we have a perfect Savior who's redeemed us. And by faith in him, all of us are united in a family and for a mission for Jesus Christ. We have that unity. It's a mile marker for us. And then we're this mile marker of the knowledge of the Son of God that we're growing in our understanding of who Jesus is and how that plays out in our life. And then finally, the culmination of where Paul is headed here, he says this mature manhood. What he means is full maturity or fully grown. It's the top of the growth chart. That's where we're headed. He's not talking about physical maturity. He's talking about spiritual and emotional maturity. He's not talking about how long you've been on this earth or even how long you've been following Jesus Christ. He's talking about how well you're following Jesus Christ. Notice what's at the top of the growth chart here for him. He says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Because you and I get into trouble when we put somebody else at the top of that growth chart. When we put a Christian leader or a a pastor or a servant or a fellow believer at the top of that growth chart, and maybe we say, well, you know what, I mean, at least I'm further along than he is. At least I'm more mature than he is, or I'm almost as strong in my faith as she is. Someday I hope to be that strong. But, But notice, it's not a person, it's not a leader, it's not even Paul. Jesus Christ is at the top of the growth chart. And that's where our eyes are. That's the direction that we're headed. The comparison here is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. It's all of the attributes, all of the attitude, all of the characteristics, all of the mission of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that's where we're headed. He's calling you and I to the goal of maturity in Jesus Christ, that we would no longer be children, that we wouldn't be tossed to and fro. This image of children who are passive victims to the influences from the outside. He says, to every wind of doctrine, These different teachings that arise that are contrary to God's word. It doesn't take you very long on social media to find somebody out there who's walking away from God's word because of what they see in their life. 
you know, I was going along and I believed all these things in God's word, but then, you know, I hit a pretty significant speed bump and now I just, I don't know. I don't know that I believe this anymore. It doesn't take you long to see every wind of doctrine that's out there. But we find our firm foundation in the direct revelation of God to us, in his word to us. It also says we're not tossed to and fro. We're not um, drawn aside by human cunning. These are human attempts by those who would oppose Jesus Christ to get the followers of Christ sidetracked. to get us off mission, to get us off of our core beliefs of what the Bible tells us, and then craftiness in deceitful schemes. Now, remember, 1 Peter tells us that our adversary, the enemy, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he would devour. He's known as the great deceiver. It began in the garden with him saying, yeah, did God really say that. And he continues to this day trying to get you and I deceived by his craftiness, to doubt the promises of God that we have and to be led astray by his deceit. But as we grow in maturity in a body of believers together, we move from every wind of doctrine to doctrinal strength that's found in God's word alone. We move from human cunning to godly wisdom. We move from craftiness in deceitful schemes to biblical godly discernment. Because Paul here, he's not talking about perfection. He's talking about movement in our maturity. He's contrasting children with mature people to call us to greater depth in our followership of Jesus Christ. And so he brings up children. So what's the difference here? What are some differences between children and mature people? Children, what do children do? I mean, first, children, they think about only themselves. Me, 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 me. It's one of the first things that kids think about. I have three of them, and I love them. They're fantastic. But they're little me machines. That's just, they just think about themselves all the time. But as you grow in maturity, you're able to think first of others. What do children do? They think about, what do I want? I'm a slave to my desires. I didn't have to teach any of my kids to want something. It's amazing. They just they want stuff all the time. And once I have this thing, I I want some ice cream. And once I have that, I want a toy. And once I have a toy, I want to go to the pool. And I want, you don't have to teach that. They just want it. And they're a slave to their desires. But those who are mature think about what is best. Man, I really want that ice cream, but I'm training for a marathon. I really should not eat that right now. You know, I, I think about like my desires, the things that I want, many, many times aren't what's best, aren't what's good for me, what's best rather than what I want. Children think about immediate gratification. I want it right now. I'm not waiting. I finally did some chores and I have a dollar and 37 cents. Let's go to Target right now. What can I buy for a dollar 37? Immediate gratification. I want it right now. But mature people think about delayed gratification. 
you know what? I might want that right now, but I'm going to wait and say no to my desires right now to wait for the best, to wait for the better thing, to wait for the good thing. Children think about feelings over will. I feel it, so it, it must be right. It must be okay if I kick my sister in the head because I felt like it right now. <laughs> Hypothetically, that may or may not have happened in my family this week. <laughs> my feelings over my will. But mature people think about my will over my feelings because we recognize that the heart is deceitful and wicked and that I'm deciding to not run after my feelings even when I feel those things. I'm making a decision based on what's right, based on what's true, based on what's good and what will lead me to honor the Lord. So as you think about these things, where specifically do you need to move beyond childhood to mature thinking? Where do you need to move beyond childishness to maturity in Jesus Christ? Because the goal is maturity in Christ. But how is it that this growth happens to us? How do we move from childhood to maturity? Paul answers this by telling us the growth, the gifts, equippers for ministry, the goal, maturity in Christ, the growth unified in love. He contrasts spiritual childhood with these elements of growth. Let's read again in verse 15 and 16. He says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is like typical Paul. This whole passage today is one sentence. There's a period in, in English, but it's not really there in the original language. This is typical Paul. He just like gets excited and just keeps talking, and you're like, take a breath, dude. But that's where Paul is. He's finally coming to the end of his long sentence. He's going to give us a period in just a minute. But as he's getting there, he's getting excited because this maturity, this growth, it happens together. It happens when we're in all of this together. He says we three times in this passage to remind us that we're in all of this together. Listen, none of us are soloists. We're all a part of an orchestra. None of us go and we play by ourselves. All of us are on a team together to accomplish the same purposes. And the growth here begins with speaking the truth in love to one another. What we're called to is unity and to call ourselves to speaking the truth in love towards one another. So a couple questions to ask yourself about speaking the truth in love who are you speaking to? Who, who are the people that God has placed in your life? Maybe it's your small group. Maybe it's people in the lobby who you bump into every single week. Maybe it's family members that know the Lord and love the Lord. Maybe it's close friends. But God has placed you in and around believers, and they need you 
to speak truth to them. Every single one of us is needed, is essential to the body of believers to help one another to grow. And a big part of that, a beginning part of that, is speaking the truth in love to one another. Those people around you, they need God's word. They need your wisdom from that. They need you to pray with them. They need you to take the time to build into them, to step up and to care for them, to care for one another as we speak the truth in love. And then, are you speaking the truth? Are you truthfully stating what God's word says? Or are you sugarcoating it for them? Are you, because the, the way, you know, I don't know, the way you're living, you know, it's, it's not that bad. It's not really that sinful or, or that choice that you're making. It, I mean, you know, it's not really what I would do. It's not really what a lot of people would do, but that's okay. You do you, man whatever you want. That's not speaking the truth to someone. And sometimes we shy away from that because we're uncomfortable, because it makes me uncomfortable to confront someone else and to speak the truth to them. And then are you speaking in love? Is it done out of a genuine care for the person, for their best interest, to see them to grow in their relationship with Jesus? Or is it just you know, so that you can feel superior to them. And then the other piece of this in speaking the truth in love is are you listening? Are you listening to those people that the Lord has placed around you? Are you listening to the truthful, loving speech that they have towards you? Who are the believers in your life, specifically believers, that you're listening to? Because you need correction in love, and so do I. Listen, if the people that you are listening to the most don't know the Lord, if the people you're listening to the most aren't believers, you won't grow to maturity. It will be stifled. If the people you listen to aren't willing to speak the truth to you, you won't grow in maturity. If the people you listen to aren't loving to you, you won't grow in your maturity. And if you are unwilling to listen to believers who speak the truth in love, you won't grow in maturity. And it's your responsibility to change that. It's your responsibility to put yourself in a position where you're speaking the truth in love and you're receiving that truthful loving speech. So shift your time and your focus to people who love the Lord, to people who love you, and to people who are willing to step into an uncomfortable conversation sometime to speak the truth in love to you. Because your growth depends on it. All of our growth depends on it. We are to grow up in every way, it says. And it says, into him who is the head, into Christ. That all aspects of our lives come into submission under the authority of Jesus Christ, the head of the body. 
that each, it talks about ligaments and, and the whole body joined together by joints and equipping that we're all joined together and building together under the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I live in the city and one of the things that's really exciting to me is to watch new skyscrapers go up. You know, to like hop on the highway and drive into the city and they made it a little further this week and they made it a little further this week. And, and one of the really cool things is these tower cranes. Have you seen these giant cranes that they use to build these skyscrapers? And, you know, I always wonder, like, cranes started down here. How did it get up there? Because there's not another crane. Did they bring a helicopter? Did they? But it's really interesting to watch them do this. These tower cranes build themselves up. What it does is it picks up a piece of trussing, it lifts it up to the top, and there's a hydraulic lift, and the, the tower crane actually lifts up, and then the new piece is fitted in, and then it goes up again, and it picks another piece, and it just, it grows itself up, and they're able to grow the tower crane with the building in order to build the building to its height. This, cr this crane is lifting pieces to build itself. And God's design is to use you to help build up his church. Every single one of us. If you've turned from your sins and trusted Jesus Christ by faith, if you have been redeemed by the blood of our Savior, you are being used to build up the body of Christ. That's God's design that each believer would step into this ministry to see the body of believers grown up and to see the purposes of Jesus Christ accomplished in our world. Listen, if we want to see ministry happen, if we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ, if we want to see kids growing in their faith, if we want to see marriages restored, if we want to see addictions broken, if we want to see sinful patterns torn down, if we want to see the enemy run, it's happening by building ourselves up in love together. It's happening when we're unified in love for growth because God gives gifts to accomplish his goal in our lives as we grow together. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word and for your purposes. We're grateful for a community that you call us into. We're grateful for your perfect plan of how you use each one of us. You've desired to take some gifted people to help equip each one of us for the ministry that you've given us. Oh God, we so desire to see the name of Jesus lifted higher and higher. God, we desire to see more men and women and children come to know Jesus Christ. And God, we confess often that we don't know how that's going to happen, but you give us a perfect plan. 
And God, in some ways, it seems crazy to us that you would use us, broken, messy people, to accomplish your purposes in this world. So Lord, help us, bind us together, help us step into the loving community that you have given us, help us take responsibility for one another and for ourselves so that we can build ourselves up in love for your purposes all around us. God, work in us and work through us for your glory. Would we see it, Lord, in our city and in our nation and our world? Because you're worth it all, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.